are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans fall to the New York Knicks. 116-106, a 10-point loss. We'll break that one down in the first segment of today's show. There's good and bad in there, right? Kind of like there is in everything that the Pelicans do, but definitely good and bad in that game. We'll break it down for you. Then I want to take a look at two things, two topics that I think are interesting and kind of have come up a bunch over the past couple of days. First and foremost, Steven Adams. He wasn't great down the stretch for New Orleans. Was this a mistake? How do you view that move right now? And then I do want to talk a little bit about the play-in tournament because we've heard from Luka Doncic, then Mark Cuban, right after that, that they think this is a bad idea. Let's let's take a look at that and, and, and throw some hefty like heapings of salt on the things that Mark Cuban is saying. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me today at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So it was a 116-106 loss for the Pelicans against the New York Knicks. And look, these aren't the Knicks of old. This is a very good Knicks team that is very sound defensively. And you even saw that in this game. That has Julius Randle playing at an all-star level and better than he ever has before. And they've got a good head coach in Tom Thibodeau. So losing to them, who had been on a three-game winning streak coming into this game, not the worst loss. And when you look at how New Orleans played in this one, they didn't do any of those things that just drives you insane, frankly. They didn't turn the ball over, just nine on the night. They got out and transitioned and ran when they could. They got some contributions from the bench. They didn't beat themselves. They scored 56 points in the paint compared to 36 for the New York Knicks. They were kind of playing up to what what you kind of expect from this team. They battled in this one. You didn't hate almost anything you saw. Zion Williamson was ready for this game. In the you know in the uh, over the course of the game, twenty five points from him, eight rebounds, seven assists. He was ten of nineteen, and you probably said the best defense we've ever seen from him. He was ready to take on Julius Randle and up for that matchup. Now Julius Randle still scored thirty two points, but we'll get to that in a second. Brandon Ingram, twenty eight points on the night. He was nine of twenty two, so not great, but two of six from three, eight of eight from the line, seven assists from him. He was ready to play. You had Najee Marshall popping off again, three of five from deep. That's the stat that matters for him. Nine rebounds, 14 points in the starting lineup. He looked really good. You had guys contributing, and yet New Orleans still lost. So what happened in this one? The Knicks didn't just completely outplay him. It wasn't anything like that. This one's probably kind of closer than the score indicates. This was simply a math issue for New Orleans. They were six of 28 from three, 21.4%. And New Orleans and the three-point shooting they had had, which had been good for much of the season, has started to fade away, especially recently. They now rank 23rd in three-point percentage at 35.3%. Missing Lonzo Ball in this one more for his three-point shooting. Big time, I think. And Keel Alexander-Walker, potentially. They're 24th in three-point attempts. The New York Knicks knew what this Pelicans game plan was. Pack the paint. Let anyone other than Zion beat you. And Zion's still going to get his, right? And 
No one else was able to beat them. Over the final four minutes and 20 seconds of this game, New Orleans scored five total points, just 17 in the fourth quarter. That's not going to get it done. You just didn't have the guys that you were going to get enough out of. You know, if you're closing with Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams in the lineup, Bledsoe gave you six total points on the night. Steven Adams gave you 10. You're not going to win games when they're in the starting, in the closing lineup when you just need offense. And New Orleans didn't have it because the only real threats out there were Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. And you know what? The Knicks would have been fine if Steven Adams beat him or if Eric Bledsoe beat him and they lost the game. They would have just shrugged their shoulders, but those guys weren't able to get it done. Meanwhile, for the Knicks, though, in terms of math issues, they were hot from three. 17 of 33 on the night, 51%. That's going to beat you when you have that kind of deficit. And for them, it's plus 11. That's 33 more points made from three than the Pelicans had. You're, you're simply just not going to win very many games. Knicks took five more three-point attempts than they normally take overall because New Orleans doesn't put any pressure whatsoever on the three-point line and lets these guys get their shots off. And NBA players are good enough to bury those. Reggie Bullock, 4 of 7. Julius Randle, 5 of 8. Alec Burks off the bench, 4 of 7. Emmanuel Quickly, 2 of 2. You're not going to win games if you're not defending that three-point line and if you don't have shooting out there. One of them you can't really control, right? You just aren't going to be able to do a whole lot when when you're injured and you don't have those guys available to you. But... You can at least put pressure on the opponent when they're on the three-point line, and that's something that New Orleans hasn't done really at all this season. And it really reared its head in this one. Knicks aren't a big three-point shooting team. I told you guys that. They take the... They, they're Sorry, they take 29.4. They rank 28th. And they took more than that. They took four more, five more threes, basically. Three more threes, something like that. And... You let them hit those percentages better than they normally do. New Orleans should have realized that this was a potential possibility and just didn't come out with a game plan for it. Good individual one-on-one defense. But at a certain point, you got to defend beyond the arc, and that's not something New Orleans does. This was a winnable game otherwise. You know, they, they were outscored by 33 points from three, and they only lose by 10. And it's close going into the fourth quarter and throughout the fourth quarter. You just got to... I don't, I don't know, figure it out better than that because that's not how you're going to win very many games. And cool, you drop a home game. You've got seven left after this over the final 17 games. That's not in your favor. This is one they needed to get if they really want to get into the play-in tournament. They're not there just yet. We'll see if they get there by the end of the season. So we'll get into the Steven Adams stuff here in just a second. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. That means you're paying more money when you order from one of them. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and are always reliably low. They offer the lowest prices possible. They're not going to change the prices based on things that are in demand or anything like that. The lowest price is possible. It's just really that simple. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and yes, prices you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. They have literally everything you could want. Engine control modules? They have it. Brake parts? Got it. Tail lamps? Yes. 
motor oil, other things like that, can easily get that for you as well. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Don't forget, live chat on the Locker Room app today, 6 p.m. Central. I will see you there. I'm looking forward to it. Download the iOS app, join the NBA group, and then just search for me. It's at Nola Jake. I'll also tweet out the link when we go live. I've got questions for you. I want to hear your questions for me. Let's talk some Pelicans for about an hour or so. I'm looking forward to it. 6 p.m. Central, live on the Locker Room app. So I want to talk a little bit about Steven Adams and the situation with the Pelicans trading for him in the first place in the extension because... I think it's a little bit interesting, and I've seen this kind of raging on Twitter. I've been asked about it in some DMs recently, too, and then also in different group chats and things like that. Here's my take on the Steven Adams trade and what he's bringing to the team this year. You know, you've got to kind of separate the two to some degree. The Pelicans, in particular, David Griffin, overpaid for Steven Adams. They they 100% did. Giving up a first-round pick, giving up two seconds and George Hill— to bring in Steven Adams alongside a guy like Kenrich Williams, which at the time like didn't play much last year. I don't think anyone necessarily saw how well it is. It's not like he's playing incredibly well for OKC, but you get what I mean. They, they overpaid for him for a center that doesn't have shooting, that it's just not the type of guy that thrives in the modern day NBA. And given all the kind of miles on his legs, the injury history that he's had too, I don't think, they should have expected him to be anchoring the defense or anything like that. And he hasn't. He has games, again, against um, Joel Embiid where he makes a massive impact. But those are few and far between. So to give up all of that stuff for few and far between impact, not so great. The extension, I don't think, is as bad because it's $17 million over the next two years. I don't really see that being a big problem either to move or really stopping the Pelicans from making any sort of trade to upgrade their roster that they would have made that said it's not great i'll definitely give you that having flexibility this year and in other seasons might have been incredibly more valuable the pelicans as we talked about yesterday are very close to the luxury tax line that probably impacted moves they were able to make at the trade deadline and now they're kind of in this weird spot of having to get really creative and it's not that big of a deal with some of these fringe players on the roster to keep the minimum amount you've got to have but not pay the luxury tax and all of that. They can manage that. It's fine. It's no big deal. But you do wonder about the opportunity cost over the trade deadline of maybe getting something better that you weren't able to do because you didn't think you would be able to duck under the tax. Is that worth Steven Adams? To me, no. Like, not at all. I get that he is better than a guy like Billy Hernan Gomez. We don't know what would have happened with Jackson Hayes this year if he had to play more than he was ready to do and wouldn't have been able to have that benching early on. That's clearly turned him into a different player right now. So there's that kind of factor in it too. But frankly, what's Steven Adams doing that's that special? In this game against the New York Knicks, when you needed some scoring down the stretch, in the fourth quarter, in seven minutes, 46 seconds of action, he scored two points. You know, for giving up a first-round pick, which became R.J. Barrett, which, by the way, was included in the trade for Aaron Gordon, along with another future first, and Gary Harris. It wasn't like it was a ton of stuff that they gave up to get a guy like that that is a difference maker for him, especially now with the Jamal Murray injury, that it's a lot to give up for Steven Adams. And it doesn't... Oh, and that's not even counting like two seconds as well. You know, for giving up all of that, you would hope 
that the impact would be, well, it's, at least it's not Billy Hernan Gomez. He might not be a negative on this roster, and I don't think he is. I don't think there's spacing issues or anything like that, because clearly Zion doesn't care about that. It's more, you would hope for a bigger impact made for the assets given up, and he has not done that. And then it also means you lose future flexibility. With that flexibility, maybe you take on a bad contract and get another first round pick. Or who knows, right? It's the opportunity cost side of things. You don't know what, what's there or what would have been able to happen. And for Steven Adams, that's not getting, he's not the guy getting him in the playing tournament. He's not the reason they're close to 10. When I look at this, and Adam, shout out to you for this one, we're like, well, who, who would have played there without him? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who would have played there without him because the team wasn't good enough in the first place. And if they thought that Steven Adams was going to anchor this defense, they clearly thought wrong, which tells you a lot about the front office to a degree. So the Steven Adams stuff, again, he's not a negative. It's just they pay overpaid to get him and they might have hurt some of the future things that they could do because of him. It won't stop them from making the big move that they potentially will make. But it does mean you can't necessarily be the third team in trades and kind of snap up something that way. And that's a little bit disappointing for where this team needs to be. And again, this team isn't good right now. He's not helping you guard that three-point line. He's not helping you score points when you need offense down the stretch. At that point, it becomes pretty obvious to me that they overpaid for him. Again, he's not bad. It's not a negative. But they overpaid for Steven Adams. And it maybe lowers the ceiling for this team just a little bit. But... It's still early on in this one. We don't know where that'll go in the future, but that's my thoughts on the Steven Adams stuff. Like him, fine player for the team, not hurting the team necessarily other than some of the offensive stuff, but they they definitely overpaid and it was the wrong move. So we'll get into Mark Cuban on the play-in tournament here, but before we do that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, live locker room chat today, 6 p.m. Central. I'm going to be asking you questions. I want to hear your thoughts on this. It's my turn to interact with you, my time to interact with you. I'm really looking forward to it, so I hope you show up. I've had a bunch of people show up every time it's grown a little bit. It's been a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the team. And you guys can ask me anything you want to ask as well. So we'll talk Zion. We'll talk Brandon Ingram. Maybe the Steven Adams stuff. I'm curious to hear what you all think about that as well. So download the app from the iOS store locker room. See you there at 6 p.m. Central. So on Monday, Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic said, quote, I don't understand the idea of a play-in. You play 72 games to get into the playoffs, then maybe you lose two in a row and you're out of the playoffs. So I don't see the point of that. End quote. You know, it's kind of funny because the Dallas Mavericks are in the seventh spot, which is in that play-in spot. They're not guaranteed to be in the postseason just yet. Pretty kind of convenient to say that sort of thing, right? Um, and look, I, I get it. As a player, maybe you're like, what the hell? You know, we, we played all season. The season matters. So why is it we could just lose two and we're out? The same point, you knew what this was. The Dallas Mavericks are a little bit disappointing this year. 
They are 29 and 24. They, they're playing right now. I don't have the final score of this game yet. So 29 and 24 when I record this. They thought they were going to be better. People had them maybe as the 4 or 5 seed. But now they're in 7. Floating a little bit above 500. And questioning this whole process of what the NBA is doing. I get the player to do it. But what, what's interesting is Mark Cuban came in after. And look, Mark Cuban tends to back up what Luka Doncic says. Like if Luka says something that kind of gets the media storm going, Cuban comes in to back him up. He's kind of done this for a while. And so Cuban came in and said, quote, in hindsight, in hindsight, this approach was an enormous mistake. He says, quote, the wor- worst part of this approach is that it doubles the stress of the compressed schedule. Rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer, teams have to approach every game as a playoff game to either get in into or stay in the top six, since the consequences, as Lucas said, are enormous. So players are playing more games and more minutes in fewer days, end quote. They're playing more minutes and more games in fewer days because the NBA is trying to cram 72 games into a compressed schedule because of a global pandemic and COVID and because the NBA wants to drag this out as long as possible so that they can make money from the TV deal. Mark Cuban, who's all of a sudden now against this sort of thing, voted for this and voted in favor of this. And now he's trying to kind of go back on that, probably because his team's in the seventh spot and they're not exactly the most inspiring of teams that we've seen out there. And so maybe there is a very realistic chance that they get eliminated from playoff contention in the play-in tournament. He's doing this under the guise of player safety. And you know what? I can't call him disingenuous to it because I'm not going to call anyone who cares about player safety, disingenuous, particularly after we just saw the torn ACL for, from Jamal Murray. That's likely due to the compressed schedule to some sort of degree. I don't know how much you can quantify it, but yes, that is a factor into some of the injuries that we're seeing. And this is a story in a situation that's about to explode in the NBA. But you know what? Then you should have said this a month ago or two months ago or whenever it came across your mind. Because you're an outspoken owner that likes to speak to the media. And if you want to say something, you can. And people are going to listen. But he's only doing this now that the Mavericks look to be in the seventh spot and are maybe feeling the heat a little bit. That's why this is. And it comes off as disingenuous because of it. And he's using the cover of injury as kind of an excuse for his underperforming team to be like, well, we should have been in there. And this is is why we got bounced out. It's not that we're just not that good. It's just that you guys aren't that good. The playing tournament is awesome, I think, and good for the league. Even if I think some of the teams going for it should tank, like, like the Pelicans to a degree. You know, he says it, right? Every, uh, rather than play, uh, where, where is it? Okay, teams have to approach every game as a playoff game. S- sign me up for that. Guys aren't resting due to load management. That's probably good for the product you're putting out there on the court and for the fans, the, the limited fans that are in the stands. That's the design of this. You have more teams going for it and being competitive than we have in any other season at this point in time. The Washington Wizards, who the Pelicans are playing, are now in contention two games out of the loss column for the 10th spot in the East. Otherwise, after the start they had of the year, they wouldn't be trying at all, and maybe Bradley Beal would be missing a whole bunch of games. But now you get to see them try. Their fans are happy, and you get to see more Bradley Beal. This would be... At this point, a lost cause for New Orleans trying to get into the playoffs somewhat if they wanted to go for the eighth spot. But they're going for the 10 and they're in there. Same for the Sacramento Kings, 
who wouldn't be a thought to anyone's mind otherwise. Same for the Golden State Warriors. Same for the Spurs. It's four teams in the Western Conference that are more intriguing to watch, that have stakes riding, that make fans pay attention. This is good for the league. The playing tournament is good for the league. What the league should not have done is the compressed schedule where teams are basically playing every other day. That's the problem here, not the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament didn't matter for Jamal Murray's injury. Denver is fourth in the West. They're going to be probably a home court advantage team in the first round. Some of the other injuries we've seen, they're not happening. It happens on all teams, right? Atlanta's really banged up. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference. There are injuries that are going to happen everywhere. And they're happening more so because of the compressed schedule, not because guys are playing more, because you want to remain in the top six. A lot of those teams are going to be just fine and don't really need to worry about that whatsoever. This comes off as just whiny from Mark Cuban because his team's underperforming. And the playing tournament is frankly awesome, and I hope the NBA keeps it going forward. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Disappointing loss for New Orleans against the New York Knicks, but there's still more to go. And the Golden State Warriors still keep winning too. So that's going to be interesting. Those three games loom really, really large in the future. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to preview the weekend.